Hey everyone, and welcome to Chef AJ Live. I'm your host, Chef AJ, and this is where I introduce you to amazing people like you who are doing great things in the world that I think you should know about. Well, today is the third Friday of the month, which means it's time for The Doctor Is In, Q&A with Dr. Ron Weiss. And we get so many questions. So your best chance of getting a question answered is to please send it in in advance. And you can do that by just going to help at chefaj.com. Please welcome Dr. Ron Weiss. Hello, you're getting so popular, getting more questions than anybody else. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you so much. It's it's an honor. It's always- You you know, I I don't want to take time answering this because it's not, it's, it's kind of my question, but just very quickly, because so many doctors this week that have regular shows have been talking about weight loss drugs, Ozempic, Wagovi. Um, Is this something you prescribe to your patients and are a fan of? Uh, I do not. And as a matter of fact, maybe we can share this with your audience. Uh, do you know what Medscape is? Yeah, it's like you you can look up articles. Yeah, like Medscape is like the doctor's version of WebMD. Like WebMD is the educational medical arm that everyone, all the you know patients, every all the public looks up their medical questions. Medscape is the educational professional outlet for doctors. So they just did a release a four-part series on obesity and maybe i can have our team share it with you they featured us in it and they were asking all kinds of questions guess what chef aj it's the food as dr mcdougall would say right it's not wagovi it's not ozempic and what i've noticed in our patients who come in on these medications first of all they are outrageously expensive our patients, the ones who uh, have been have had prescribed like by their endocrinologist, uh, even with good insurance, they're paying like a thousand dollars a month with the insurance, or fifteen hundred dollars a month, which is crazy. It's like, it's like twelve over twelve thousand dollars a year. Get a car um, for that? Yeah, I, uh, yeah. So I, I in the few patients of mine who have been on it. I've not noticed that they've really lost significant amount of weight. In one patient, it did bring their A1C down by one point, but it brought it down from like maybe eight and a half to seven and a half, but still not good enough to meet goals. So, you know, I don't, and then supposedly once you're off of it, if you come off of it, you can never keep your gains according to the drug company. So you have to be on it for the rest of your life. So where are we going with this? Right. Well, the thing is, is even the diet that we recommend, you have to stay on it too. I mean, like, for example, like if you lose weight the way we recommend, if somebody goes back to the standard American diet, they can't expect to keep their gains either. True. But But it's such healthier. The the general issue I have with drugs is, is that you're, the way I look at drugs and, and don't take this the wrong way. It's not, to say that I would never use a drug, I use a drug if I have no other choice. You know, there are drugs that that are helpful to people with certain conditions, but I try not to use them. And the reason why is in my mind, a drug is a molecule that's been created in a factory or in a laboratory. And this molecule is uh, foreign to the biochemistry of, you know, intracellularly and in your bloodstream, your body has never seen this molecule. 
This molecule is meant and, and designed to snip or interfere with a specific biochemical reaction that is causing your disease, right? Or that is, that is, it, that is involved in the presentation of your disease. But when this, this laser-pointed molecule interacts with that, that chemistry equation, there are all kinds of other equations in, in your biochemistry that are linked to that. And so the starting materials for that equation that's being interrupted, the products of that are all thrown off. And then we get side effects, side effects that include death, you know, and that's why, you know, the six leading cause of death in the United States are medications, not overdose, is medications taken exactly the way the doctor prescribes it. Six leading cause of death, over 100,000 people a year. Even on our highways, we only, you know, have like 50,000 some odd people a year dying. It's equivalent to the opioid epidemic death. So if I can avoid taking a medication, I try not to. Wow. Wow. You know, it's funny because people, I'm sure people come to you and want to lose weight. And when people come to me, they'll say, I tried everything. And I go, well, have you read my book or tried my program? No. Have you done Dr. McDougall's program? No. Have you gone to True North or tried their diet, which is basically the same diet? And they go, no. And I'm like, well, you haven't tried everything. So I'm curious if the people that are taking these drugs, have they given the whole food plant-based oil-free diet really a valiant attempt? Uh, the people who I've seen taking these drugs, I've never seen that to be true. No, yeah. B because it, it works. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it works, but at what cost? Future will tell, right? Yes, exactly. All right. Well, here's a question about drugs, uh, different kind of drugs. And this is from Laura Laura. And I can really relate to this because we're the same age and we have the same situation. I'm a 64-year-old gal following a whole food plant-based SOS-free lifestyle. And I'm the leanest and healthiest I've ever been. So I'm very happy. But I've suffered from anxiety all of my life. And I've always just dealt with it. I don't want to go on medication. Do you have any natural remedies that might help? What are your thoughts about meditation for anxiety? Thanks for everything. Well, that's such a nice question. I don't think we've ever had that one before, have we? Not, not, not like that. No. So, yeah, you know, in in my early days when I was young as a doctor, I, you know, my first mentor or my first my first um, per doctor that I followed used to be Andrew Weil. Do you remember him? I absolutely do. In the 90s. And yeah, yeah I thought, you know, all alternative medicine or integrative medicine was all the rage. And, you know, people at that time, do you remember valerian root? I guess that's something like a like a natural calming thing that people were right. it's from a plant, like an herb. And people used to take that. And then I used to tell people to take it. And then we found that it it, it could cause liver failure. So that kind of fell out of favor. Uh, we used to tell people to take that for anxiety. So, and then as I got older and wiser, I began to think more holistically. And I think that most of the time, anxiousness, you know, anxiousness or anxiety disorder is extremely pervasive in our society, as is depression. And I think that these two 
um, issues in particular, they're, they're generally caused by some disturbance earlier in a person's life. And that disturbance usually has to do with some kind of trauma. And the trauma can occur in most people in their youth, either as children. And it doesn't have to be a, a gosh awful trauma. I mean, it, you know, it doesn't have to be a violent trauma or it can be, it can be that you were bullied in school or you can be, it can be that, you know, there was some discomfort in your family as you were being raised. So, you know, I think that what I think is the best way to handle anxiety uh, is to reflect back and, and try to dig down into a person's past. There are two steps to, to try and think about and isolate exactly what is the root cause of this anxiousness. So that would be one thing. And that can often be done through cognitive behavioral therapy, that's CBT. And th that is something that, you know, you can go to see, let's say, uh, a, a, a psychological therapist for, whether it be a psychologist or a licensed certified social worker, you know, a therapist. And then I think that once we've identified that and we know we know what the root cause of the anxiousness is. I think employing mindfulness-based stress reduction, uh, which I think uh, we've talked about before, right? And I think Asha gave you some, Chef AJ, I think Asha gave you a link. Um, mindfulness-based stress reduction is a specific variety of meditation where it sort of um, takes you uh, off autopilot mode. When people become anxious, a lot of the time they're in autopilot. They're becoming stressed out and anxious, but it's not directly, the mindset is not con connected to, you know, being in the moment as to why this is happening. And the, the mindfulness-based stress reduction type of meditation unhooks you from being on autopilot so you can understand and feel what's going on and then you don't become anxious. So um, I can, I would like to recommend to this young lady that she read the book Mindfulness for Beginners by John Kabat-Zinn. Um, and uh, Asha, who is our uh, lifestyle director, um, actually is, is certified by him in, in uh, she's a certified teacher of mindfulness-based stress reduction. And I believe she has a course starting next month. So uh, if she would like to reach out to Asha and it's online, no matter where you are, you can participate. Um, I think that's what I would recommend. Great, thank you. Yeah, that seems like um, it's a pill for every ill. You know, doctors don't have a lot of time to spend with patients, you know? Yeah. And and the anxiety medicines, I mean, I, I was given to them a long time ago when I had, when my baby died and stuff. And I, first of all, I hated the feeling. I didn't like the feeling of being on them because they just, I just didn't think it felt good, you know? And um, 
and they just would knock me out. So how is that dealing? I mean, if you're asleep, you know, you're well, not going to have well, anxiety. Yeah, there are there are medicines for anxiety, and and like, look, I'm not going to kid around with you. I mean, they uh, uh, look. Uh, I could give people Xanax, right? Xanax is an anti-anxiety medicine. It does make people feel calmer and take away their anxiety. I've never seen it not work. However, it's an addictive medication. You become dependent on it. And then it only helps you for a few hours and then it's gone. And then you're left with your condition again, which makes you want to take more Xanax. So the bottom line is, is that I, I, I think it's always good to get to the root of a problem and address the root. And, and the problem with medications in our society, AJ, as you know, and this goes true, it's not only with anxiousness, but obesity, right? And heart disease and diabetes and high blood pressure and everything else is that doctors in general, general they prescribe medications because it is a pill, it's a pill and it's easy to take, you can take it, but the pills, they just don't get to the cause of your problem. And I, I believe this MBSR does, and I believe the diet does, and I believe exercise does, and I believe, you know, all of this is lifestyle medicine. It does get to the root of the problem. Great. Thank you. My friends have a blog called Get to the Root. That's very cool. Get to the Root. Yeah. Yep. This is from Ina. I eat several apples a day. Should I peel the skins given they are likely to be coated with upheal, that new stuff that they're using? Huh. Well, if you, <laughs> so can you can you refresh our audience's uh audience's memory on what appeal is? AJ, or do you want me to? It's the coating that that, that is now that and they, I don't think they even have they don't even have to tell you that it's on it, right? No, they don't. Because so we don't I, even they know. Have a, well, first of all, when you're dealing with conventional produce that's that's not organic, they don't have to tell you anything, right? They can use any kinds of poisons uh, or pesticides or preservatives, and they still don't tell you. In in the organic uh, certification, if you're eating organic produce, um, there are certain allowed chemicals and. This one is allowed. There's a, there's an appeal certified organic version, but as we discussed um, in a previous episode, um, uh, for those of you who didn't miss this, there's there's this product called Appeal A P E E L, which is a coating which is sprayed on fruits and produce and vegetables to prevent them from going bad. So it increases the shelf life of produce. And the way it works is it's an emulsifier or a kind of fat that is spread over the surface. So I guess it, it you know the moisture and other things don't evaporate outside of the fruit, uh, uh, off of the produce. In any event, the problem is, is that the, this appeal, when we last looked, it may even the organic certified one was made out of emulsifiers. And emulsifiers in general, they're not such a good thing to be consuming for your gut microbiome because emulsifiers degrade the mucus layer 
that separates the trillions of bacteria in your gut from the, the absorptive uh, mucous membrane surface. And once that happens, you know, bad immune signaling can, can occur. So you don't, you want to try to, in general, try to stay away from processed emulsifiers. And that's what this lady is saying. These apples are coated with it, or they might be, we don't know because our food system is not regulated in that regard. The bottom line is, is that um, when it comes to apples, apples are a favorite of mine, especially at this time of year. Um, and apples are fantastic fruits. Uh, when I think of, you know, that old saying, an apple a day keeps the doctor away, AJ, mm. there's really some truth in that. Um, there is evidence that apples, that eating apples can help to prevent cancer. Um, specifically, there's one, and I think Dr. Greger has something recently in the past year about apples and, and the prevention of cancer. But I can specifically tell you, I know of a, of a Polish study that was done a few years ago that showed that um, eating two, an average of two apples a day, it, it decreased the, over a, a period of years, decreased the risk of developing colon cancer by 50%. And the issue is with the apple is that the business part of it is in the peel. So if you peel off, you get rid of that peel, you're pretty much getting rid of all the healthful parts of the apple. I, I, I can't say that. There are other parts of the apple that are good, like pectin and fiber. But the, the very active areas uh, are in the peel, the phytonutrients and, and the, the stuff that helps with cancer prevention is probably in the peel. So what would I do? It's tough. Um, I if if it's very you know I still eat my apples and I get them organic certified and I just eat them. I still have some. I still have some faith and belief that um, that even if my organic certified apples are covered with the appeal and I will not know that that if I eat enough whole plant foods that don't have pesticides in them and other good things in a diverse diet, my, my mucus layer in my gut will be able to recover even though I'm eating these emulsifiers. And we're planting an orchard, <laughs> our own orchard, and we will, not, we will not spray our apples with a peel. Those are my solutions. I'm curious though, because um, a lot we was always taught that uh, the fiber, most of the fiber, and the nutrient is in the peel of fruits and vegetables. But could this appeal even go through the peel? So if she was peeling the apples, could this harm? Well, I don't think so because it's a coating. It's like kind of an inert emulsifier coating. It's on top of it. But the problem is, if you're peeling the apple, the the beautiful, most intensely medicinal part of the apple, you're throwing away in the garbage. And I don't think I would do that. What I would, from a from a medical standpoint, I think I would advise you to get organic certified apples, which are very easy to get these days. Get them in Whole Foods. I mean, the last time I went in Whole Foods a week ago, they have like 10 different good varieties of organic certified apples. And I know they have some chemicals on them. They do, but what can you do? 
I would get those and I would just eat it. I would wash them, wash them, and then uh, maybe even scrub them a little bit with a soft scrub brush. Maybe that may take off some of the appeal because it's a physical barrier. And I would eat it with the peel. And um, if any of you are interested, you know, in, you know, it's not very difficult to grow your own apples. You can grow them. You can plant a tree in your backyard. They have small apple trees these, uh, these days. There's certain techniques where you can get apples. And by the way, my, my overall favorite apple is one called Gold Rush. It was developed by Rutgers, our state university, and Purdue and Illinois. It is fabulous. And if you grow this Gold Rush apple, you can have them in your refrigerator for six to eight months. So you, you pick them all in the fall and it'll last you all through the winter. And then you'll know that it doesn't have chemicals and it doesn't have a peel. Nice. But it's still better to eat fruits and vegetables, even conventional. It is. To eat animal is. products even and with, processed Even food. with adulterants. And by the way, if anyone ever wants to know how to grow an apple tree, that would be a topic for another day. Fantastic. My favorite apple is called Gala. What's yours? You know what? The <laughs> Or envy, envy. I have a, you know, once I was invited to UC Davis to to lecture on food sustainability, and it was in August, and I went there, and it was a special plant based meal, and it was designed so every single thing we ate came within five miles of UC Davis. They sourced everything. We didn't eat anything. It was completely local and organic. So. Until that day, nah, the gala apples I've had, nah, they're very ordinary, didn't really think much of it. However, on that day, there were apples at the end of the line. I picked one up and it said, oh, gala apples. I said, oh, you know, well, big deal. Nah, I guess I'll take it. AJ, I bit into that apple, mind-blowing, mind-blowing. So it goes to show you what the difference is between something grown in your backyard and something produced somewhere in an industrialized orchard, it can be a completely different fruit. It was delightful. So I hear you. Nice. All right. This is from Amanda. After my main COVID symptoms subsided about a week ago, I have had new GERD type issues after everything I eat, including plain organic oats. I'm overwhelmed with stomach acid and esophageal spasms. Have you heard of this as a long COVID symptom? And do you have any advice? Hmm. I have not. Does this young woman say that she's whole food plant-based? She doesn't, but I got to say that most people that write in are. They you are. Know, yeah. Okay. So, you know, I am finding out, <laughs> we see a lot of COVID patients in, you know, I, I do urgent care shifts and there's huge amounts of COVID there now. I mean, it's all over the place. And, you know, eventually I, I do see, I know most of what COVID causes, but every once in a while, I see something that surprises me. So I wouldn't be surprised. Look, it's a severe viral illness and you know, it attacks, we know that it attacks your GI tract. So um, on the other hand, the reason why I asked about being plant-based is in every, literally every patient we have ever had um, who, who has GERD, 
GERD is gastroesophageal reflux disease or disorder. And it's when stomach acid comes upwards from the pool of acid in the stomach to where it's not supposed to be moving up into the esophagus. And it goes past a valve or sphincter that's supposed to be closed tight called the gastroesophageal sphincter. And we think in most patients that this valve is compromised and the acid's coming up and burning the delicate esophagus. And then that of course causes heartburn, you know, the burning sensation. So, you know, in my treatment of patients, uh, the general rule is people will come in here who are eating omnivorous diets and it doesn't matter what they take, Prilosec or Nexium, they could be taking all sorts of things. Uh, those medicines can help to control the symptoms and can even help um, suppress them completely. But when you go off of them, you know, your problem is going to come back. Um, and of course, they are, we are now know they're dangerous drugs to be taken long term. These uh, these stomach acid agents. Wait, why why are they dangerous long term? And what do you um, think? Well, we're finding all sorts of things out about them. Um, they're the basically they're the number one selling drugs in the world and have been for decades. Um, they're all over the counter now because people you know people eat so badly and they have all these stomach problems, right, AJ? So that's why it's the number one drug. Um, about I remember about ten years ago. Are you still there? Yeah, you can't see me. Oh, hello. Didn't happen. Hold it a second. I mean, I I can see me and I can see you. Can everybody else see me? Hello. Let me. Hmm. You can see me. I can see you. You're wearing a white coat. There's something like that looks like a ladder behind you. Okay, I don't know. Something happened. Okay, oh, I'm sorry. Um. Yeah, about the last time I took my internal medicine boards about 10 years ago, I remember there was, this was a decade ago, there was always already a question formulated on the board exam about the Prilosec category of drugs causing osteoporosis. So we've known that for quite some uh, while that they, they help to demineralize your bones. And now we're even finding out in the past few years that they probably, these drugs help to alter, not in a good way, your gut microbiome because these, when you're chewing food, AJ, you're chewing the food, right? Masticating and your oral bacteria are completely different. It's a different ecosystem than the bacteria further down in your gut. So, you chew the food, the food gets mixed with your oral bacteria, it falls into your stomach and it's your stomach acid that kills the oral bacteria because you do not want those kinds of bacteria seeding themselves further down in your GI tract, like in the small intestine. Have you ever heard of SIBO? I have heard of small SIBO. Small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. I have. But it may contribute to that. Or... Um, 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 what is it called? Um, Clostridium difficile, C. diff. Have you ever heard of that? I have. I've heard people in nursing homes, I hear, get it a lot. It, it, it can be life-threatening. It can kill you. And we now know that you don't only have to be in a nursing home to get it. There are spores of C. diff in the air and you can eat them. They can go through you into your GI tract 
It's your stomach acid that's supposed to kill off these microbes. And when you remove the stomach acid with these drugs, it can cause, we think probably C. diff, uh, possibly SIBO and all kinds of other problems. And now it's postulated that maybe even it can be they that drug use can be associated with increasing cardiovascular events and maybe even Alzheimer's. So wow. how do we get on this subject? Uh, it's because um, in general, I I try to get people off these medications. And so what I'm what I was saying is when people come into us with heartburn, I don't I rarely ever remember a patient a patient where it doesn't quickly resolve once they go on whole plant foods, right? That's your experience, right? It, it's gone. So when this lady, um, she didn't tell us what she eats, but it's the first thing I check off on my mind is this lady on whole plant foods. So my first suggestion is if you are not, then you should go on a strict whole food plant-based diet. And when I say strict whole food plant-based diet, that means no oil either, Chef AJ, because I've seen oils and Dr. Clapper can verify this oils in the stomach, they can help send signals to that valve to open up the valve and then you get heartburn symptoms. So um, here's some other, so uh, an oil-free and a salt-free diet of whole plant foods. Here are other things to watch out for in this lady to, to squelch her, her symptoms. And look, I mean, if you're whole food plant-based, whole food plant-based gets rid of long COVID, in my opinion, and, and COVID symptoms that are hanging on, which this is probably a part of. So don't drink carbonated beverages, AJ, like seltzer or mineral water, or, or definitely not soda, uh, because those carbonated beverages, when they fall into your stomach, you know, it mixes with the acid and then the bubbles come up carrying some acid into your esophagus and burns, burns the esophagus. No carbonated beverages. No, no coffee, no coffee of any kind, even if it is decaffeinated, no coffee. And a lot of our plant-based people, they're still drinking coffee. Well, that's because, you know, we have some new books coming out by respected doctors that say I how understand. it is. Yeah. I understand, but mm, I, I, I don't know. There's something, uh, I know that Dr. Greger recommends that and is how not to age, but clinically, uh, I have still have my reservations about coffee. So uh, I've seen it cause a lot of problems. And this is one of them. It, it usually is a bad actor in, in the formation of GERD. So I would get rid of it. Uh, we, um, let's see what else. So the GERD. And then, if uh, oh, absolutely. If there's alcohol involved, get off of that. Because alcohol is uh, can cause these symptoms as well. What else would I recommend? Uh, even if you're drinking green tea or matcha, that has a little caffeine. I would get rid of all the caffeine. So what happens if you're doing all this and the GERD still is there? Then I think I would go on a water fast for a while, even if it's for maybe three, four days, I would do that. Uh, so there's a variety of things that this young lady can avail herself of. Thank you. Here's another tummy question. Uh, this is from Linda. 
how to heal gastritis and bloating from anything I eat, no matter how much or how little. So there are people that I think really are compliant and still are having some GI issues out there. Yeah. You know, that's it. <laughs> if you are eating a diet of whole plant foods without coffee, caffeine, alcohol, you're not taking NSAID drugs, like anti-inflammatory drugs, like aspirin, Advil, Motrin, Aleve. And if you're still having this kind of abdominal discomfiture, you need to be evaluated by a, a, gastro, uh, a, a gastroenterologist. And they're gonna have to look down there to see what's going on. Um, and if they can't get it that way, they're gonna have to do other tests on you because you shouldn't be. You, you shouldn't be having these problems. We have to do further investigations. Great, thank you. This is from Bonnie. I've been whole food plant-based for many years, no health problems, except my hair is getting extremely thin. Could there be a reason for this? Is there a lack of certain whole food plant-based foods? Um, you know, <laughs> the hair problems I have encountered in my trajectory as a lifestyle medicine doctor with whole plant foods is that when people radically adopt a whole food plant-based diet, let's say they're eating omnivorously and then boom, they like dive in and they're real radical and they, you know, all of a sudden change. I've seen sometimes these people once in a while, and usually it's more women than men, they can get something called telogen effluvium which is their, their body is so shot, including their hair follicles, which hold the hair shaft, by the physiologic change of transformation of what's going on, that they, they do, the hair follicles go into shock and release the hair temporarily. But it's only a temporary problem. It's like kind of, it's the same thing that occurs when a woman has a baby and they start their hair starts falling out afterwards. It's because they their system has gone through such a tremendous change, a physical change. But that's just temporary. That will last for six months, nine months, three months, nine months, less than a year usually. And then your hair grows back real thick. In this situation, uh, I I don't know of something that is diet in the whole food plant based world that would cause this, and that's why. I would probably recommend this young lady go see a specialist of hair to figure out why. And that usually is a dermatologist. I mean, there are other reasons for your hair to be thin. Uh, the medical reasons are uh, iron deficiency uh, and thyroid problems. Uh, but the dermatologist will check you for that. Uh, and if it's not that, you know, there are other reasons. They're genetic reasons. So, um, I would recommend seeing a dermatologist. Right, you know, we I, have... I don't think it's your diet. If you're eating a good, healthy diet that Chef AJ recommends, I can't see it being that. We have a regular appearance once a month by Dr. Jessica Krant, a plant-based dermatologist. And she said that a person might not want to see a regular dermatologist, but apparently there's very specialized ones that deal just with hair that are medical doctors. There's like wow. the subspecialty. So that's what yeah. she- Of dermatology. Yeah, hair, dermatology. Hair dermatology. Yeah, isn't that great? And actually, you know, I, I, um, she oh, actually told me about one in, at UCSF. So there, that that is a thing. It's a specialist. Is Dr. Grant in Manhattan? Yes, you should. Oh my God, have her at your conference. 
She's amazing. She's, is she, she's great? Oh God, she's more than great. She's smart. She's, I, she, yes. I, why didn't I think of her? Please, Dr. Jessica. Craig. Really? She practices um, in Manhattan. She's certified in dermatology and lifestyle medicine. She comes I out only want a hair subspecialist. Yeah. Oh my I'm God. only kidding. No, okay, she, good. <laughs> you'll, 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 you'll hook me up. I'm going to hook Listen, you up. Yeah. Uh, you know, the problem with hair is it's very stressful, right? AJ, people get very upset about their hair. So now, now I understand. I, I even I didn't know there were hair subspecialists in, in dermatology, but you know I understand. Both men and women get upset when you know they have hair problems. So absolutely. Okay, let's see. The next question is from Jackie. Dr. Weiss, what would cause a vitamin A and a vitamin E deficiency? All my other blood work is excellent. My new doctor said he can't believe I'm 62. And I said, it's because I'm whole food plant-based vegan. He said to supplement with those two vitamins. I'm curious since I've never been tested for those vitamins before. And what would cause it since I eat a lot of color of the rainbow along with nuts, seeds, legumes, mushrooms, and tofu. Isn't it dangerous to take vitamin A by itself? It is. It is. Uh, it is. Uh, uh, I believe it, it. It is. In general, I don't believe in taking supplements unless somebody has a deficiency. Um, I think taking supplements can be dangerous. Uh, in and specifically in this case, vitamin A supplements um, because uh, they can be toxic for your to your liver. Uh, an example of a vitamin A related supplement is, or drug is Accutane. Have you ever heard of that? Is Accutane that is the powerful acne medicine. It's a vitamin A derivative. And when you take that, the dermatologist has to check your liver function tests every month or so because it, it can really damage your liver. So no one should ever take that you know you shouldn't take vitamin a supplements unless it's under the care of a doctor and and the only one you know the only possible thing i could imagine is in the form of accutane if you have cystic acne and even that usually is you can fix it with whole plant food in any event i there is yeah don't <laughs> you if you're eating a diet of whole plant foods and, and a high level one, which include a lot of our vegetables and fruits and dark leafy greens are enormously rich in the, the carotenes, the carotid, the carotenoid group of phytonutrients. Those are the vitamin A class of nutrients. I mean, listen, Chef AJ, have you ever been tested with that, um, the vitamin A, the light, the the photon, the light sensor machine. No, I haven't. So um, there is, uh, uh, I know Dr. Furman uh, used to have one in his office. There is a device which can, it, under a, a beam of light, it can go through your skin and assess the concentrated concentration of vitamin A mole uh, type molecules in your skin. That's what makes us yellow or orange, that color, the healthy glow. And, it, and so um, 
everyone, all plant-based eaters that we've ever measured are super high in it. If you're eating a lot of sweet potatoes, winter squash, carrots, uh, collards, green, you know, kale, all the dark leafy greens, don't worry about it. And as this lady intimated, E comes from seeds and nuts, right? They're, they're high in E, so no. No, and don't don't try to test yourself for it either. It's unnecessary. You have it. It's 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 in whole plant foods. Okay, thank you. Next question from Karen: What do you think about red yeast rice extract to lower cholesterol? So, red yeast rice extract is. Um, is a processed um, substance, which I guess is extracted from the, the, the yeast that is growing on the red rice. Um, and basically the active molecule in this ingredient is a statin agent. And actually the very first statin drug, the cholesterol drug, which was produced let's say in the 1980s, I think it was, was called Mevacor. And it was the exact molecule that was derived from red yeast rice. So it's actually a statin agent. That's what you're taking. So, uh, you know, why? <laughs> I don't, here's my problem. I get it if you're going to take a drug, a statin agent, if that's what you need to do, because at least the drug is tested and supervised and there's a procedure to ensure that it actually has enough statin agent in it, but supplements are not that way. No one is checking them out to make sure that they have what they say on the label. So who knows what the red yeast rice, uh, red rice has in it, it could have lead. It could have not the it could have nothing of what it says on the label. It's not a pharmaceutical, no one knows. So in any event, whole food plant-based is is your answer. I, I I don't really recommend red yeast rice. Have you ever heard of rooibos tea? Ru, ru, the rubus? I thought it was called rooibos, but yeah, have you heard of that? Yes. Yes, that's a good, the red twig tea. That's a just because, you know, like people think of the teas is safe. Uh, Jeff Nelson from Veg Source did a big video about it because um, his wife went in, who is, it's like us, went into liver failure from yeah. drinking that tea. Well, the, the problem is, is that it's tough, AJ. Someone came to me, you know, spices are so valuable, right? Because of all foods, spices per gram have the highest antioxidant uh, capacity, even, you know, highest of all foods. But so many of our spices are now contaminated by heavy metals and, you know, industrial pollutants. It's hard. Who knows what's in them? I don't know. It, it's a tough situation. Someone, you know, I love putting oregano I use a lot of oregano, but Consumer Reports did a an analysis of all the spices that are available in the American public. And the oregano, even the organic oregano, was very high in heavy metals. 
So, you know, we grow our own oregano. Wow. Say. Very cool. Hey, this is a great question here from Anne. Dr. Weiss, I never hear Parkinson's discussed in regards to a whole food plant-based diet and if it's possible to slow or stop the progression. Hmm. So um, Parkinson's disease is a chronic neurologic degenerative disorder, uh, which seems like it's becoming more prevalent during my life as a physician. Uh, it's a not a good disorder to have. Uh, it's a chronic disease where it's called what's known as a movement disorder. It affects your movement initially. A famous example of this is Michael Fox, the Michael J. Fox, the actor. Uh, he had he had a rare kind of it which attacked him at, when he was in his youth. Usually, you see it in older people, like in the past the nineteen past their fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties. But in any event. We do know there, there is some association with pesticides in the, perhaps in the, in the, um, in the causation of Parkinson's. Um, we, perhaps there is also some, there may be some, um, maybe some association with something called MM, MBMA, MBMA, it's a, it's a, it's a contaminant, which is in, it's a, a chemical contaminant that can be in fish and um, that can help to cause it. Um, there is uh, a suspicion that eating soursop fruits and perhaps now pawpaw fruits has a molecule in it called anonacin in this family group that can kill the cells of your substantia nigra in your brain. Those are the cells that when depleted cause Parkinson's. So I would try to stay away from all those things to try and avoid Parkinson's, eat a, a plant-based whole foods diet that is low in environmental pollutants and pesticides and contaminants to try and avoid it. Because um, I think I think that could be useful in the prevention of it. How about the treatment of it? Hmm. I think that um, I don't. There is some evidence, and and Dr. Greger has some videos on this that shifting the protein balance of your meals so that you have high protein content foods later in the day uh, can help decrease symptoms during the day um, because um, it's complicated. It involves the, the elaboration of dopamine, which is the neurotransmitter that's deficient in your brain, uh, that altering the balance of when you eat the plant-based proteins during the day can make your symptoms better from Parkinson's. And I invite you to go to Dr. Greger's website. If you just put in Parkinson's, you'll see all the plant-based videos. We also think that increasing fiber, uh, the fiber content of your diet, which is what whole food plant-based diets do, can maybe ameliorate some of the symptoms of Parkinson's. But as in, in my book with my patients, I've never known, even if they go plant-based whole foods, I've never seen the Parkinson's 
significantly get better. I have to tell you that. Now, might it might it make it might it make the decline of Parkinson's more sustained, or may it help to prevent it or slow down its progression? Possibly, but only time will tell with that. Well, one of the things, you know, it's interesting because we get so many questions, will the plant-based diet help this, this, and this? Most of the people have not been plant-based whole food for very long or even since birth. You know what I'm saying? Uh, well, who has, you know? No, you know, a of no one. Um, I mean, we know a few, um, Dr. Goldhammer, Dr. Goldhammer. Oh, you know who is? Yeah. I know who is. Um, Mark Huberman from the National Health Association. He was born whole plant food. He's 70 something years old. Right. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, because what I mean is, is even if it doesn't help, what's the alternative diet is what I'm saying. There is no alternative diet that's going to help these conditions. So this will help so many other things that you could it get. Does. It does. Why? You know, the, I like what you're saying, because behind that is the message. Don't let a disease define who you are as a human being. Right. You're not a Parkinson's patient. You're a living person who happens to have Parkinson's, but there's there's a whole lot of riches and and beauty in you and possibility and potential. Let's use a whole food plant based diet, even if we can't reverse the Parkinson's. It'll make sure you don't get a heart attack, right? Or it'll drop your blood sugars, or it'll make you lose weight, which could help your Parkinson's, or it can do a lot of other things. So. I would right. still adopt it as you as you recommend. Absolutely, but I, you know, I guess that maybe they want hope or assurance that that I mean, you um, know, for people. But I think I think part of the problem is is I, again we don't have a lot of information with these questions because a lot of times people are writing for friends and family that don't eat this way, and then they want to come to us with cancer and all these things and say, okay, now will it help? Whereas um, it's not so much people that have been whole food plant based for years that now are having this. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah having this disease and saying yeah. it will help yeah i think you know look an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure as per old ben franklin right and i think the, the reason why i eat the way i do that the reason why i started eating whole plants is i didn't want to get cancer like my father that's why i did it i decided to give up everything that i all the chicken parmesan i love all the sushi I love, everything. I decided to give it up because I wanted to prevent because prevention is always the most powerful. The, the amazing thing about whole plant foods is yes, <laughs> unknowns to the medical establishment, it does reverse to a large degree, sometimes wholly other, you know, a whole host of chronic illnesses, but it's not, it's not a cure-all for everything in the world. Like for example, like um, for late stage cancers, I, I, you know, I don't, you know, I think that uh, eating a whole food plant-based diet can help people immensely with late stage cancers, but usually the patients succumb to their cancer, unfortunately. Um, I think that, I would adopt it because even if you have one issue, uh, it will help you with many, many others, as you said. So it's always helpful.
Absolutely. Ah, you'll like this question because you're also a gardener. And this is from Sue. I compost my vegetable scraps. If I don't use organic vegetables, does that mean my compost is concentrated with pesticides? That is a good question. Um, so no one really knows the answer to this question. I don't think that studies have been done to measure pesticides in, in finished compost. Um, here's the thing. Um, if you're doing a good job composting, high uh, quality composts are fungal dominant. Uh, did you ever, uh, Chef AJ, do you know who Paul Stamets is? I don't. Oh, you should have him on your show sometime. Okay, well, who is he? Oh my, he's the mushroom expert of the world, Paul Stamets. I hate mushrooms. Really? I really no. do. I just had it. I, I feel so bad. I feel like a terrible vegan. I was talking oh, to my Oh, then you don't say that to Paul Stamets. Well, I'm not going to say that to him, but I mean, I really will. I, Why do you I, hate mushrooms? just don't like the taste or the texture. The only way I've ever really been able to eat them without gagging is in soup when they make them into noodles or air fried. I just find they're creepy. I just don't. I mean, and I'm not a picky eater. I really am not. But I just don't care. Can you them. disguise them in something? Well, if I cut them small enough and make it into like a, what do I, I have this recipe for like, what's it called? Chorizo. It's okay. But do I really, I, I mean, is that really? Okay, I have an assignment for you. <laughs> Maybe this will help you. You ready? Watch the movie Fantastic Fungi. Well, I did. And that made me like them even less because then I think they're like these creepy alien beings. Oh, really? Yeah, they, that, that movie is what freaked me well, out about That's it. Paul Stamets. Okay. Paul Stamets was the guy who, he was the expert on there with Michael Pollan. Wow. So in any event, well, I don't know. <laughs> the reason why I'm bringing this up is because uh, anyone who knows Paul Stamets, he basically has solutions for uh, mushrooms, fungi being able to cure the world, basically. And we know, I have a, some of my friends are like chemical engineers or environmental engineers. They, they are using fungi to remediate Superfund sites. They're, they're applying fungal organisms to take away deadly chemicals that are on these sites that are contaminating the ground. We, we know that microorganisms, especially fungi, do have the ability to uh, remediate dangerous chemicals. Um, and so if you're interested in this subject, you can find this out from Paul Stamets, S-T-A-M-E-T-S. Suffice it to say that uh, most organic farmers uh, what we do is we're, we're, you know, we don't really pay attention to that. We'll take the feed stocks for the, for the, for the compost heap. Even if like someone brings in like orange peels uh, that came from a conventional orange that are coated with fungicides. Like for example, all, all non-organic citrus fruit has fungicides all over it. They still go onto the compost heap, and then the powerful uh, composting process and the development of fungal microorganisms and hyphae will break down these contaminants. All kinds of things too, like you know, 
There may be manures that are going, like animal manures that are going into the compost pile. Like once we used to have horse manures from horses across the street. We used to take their manures because otherwise the manure would run into the Raritan River. So we accepted it. You know, the, 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 the horses are given anti-helminthic agents, like worm agents. It's, it's thought that the composting process breaks all of that down and that you end up with a good product. And, and, and what we have done in our life here with composting is we've refined our process over the years on the farm. Uh, but um, I think the proof is in the pudding. We have an am am amazing living soils uh, following a, a good composting process. And I wouldn't worry about the pesticides that are in the feedstock. Just compost them. Compost. We are out of time unless you want to go over, but I'm wondering if we should do a Ranathon. A Ranathon is like a Dugathon. A Dugathon is because Dr. Doug Lyle and you and Dr. Krant probably get more questions than anyone else. That one time we just we charged a very small fee and he like literally answered questions for three hours because we we got a backlog for months. So in other words, your show will never get canceled, Dr. Weiss. <laughs> Thank you for your confidence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm so happy that you wanted to do this. It's so much yeah. fun talking to you. And then maybe next month you're going to announce a special something or other because you'll have a uh, Yes. Yeah, so that'll be fun. Next month is our birthday month. We're both Aries. And so yeah. I think I'm the 22nd. You're the 29th? 27th. 27th. Okay. You are right. So we're six days. But I'm, I'm going to be in... A, I was invited to go to the Oxford, um, traveling to England next month because... Uh, it's Colin Campbell's 90th birthday. And they're it's having it in England? Yeah, but well, the China study, Oxford was one of the participants, right? Are you so kidding? So I was chosen to this. interview is, with him at Oxford. So is it open to the public? This sounds it is. You can you can go. Uh, maybe I will I'll have Asha send you the link to it and you can watch it. And um, yeah, so I'm gonna be there. And the Colin Campbell event uh, where I'm interviewing him is on the 23rd. And then uh, I'm they're interviewing, uh, interviewing me for uh, BBC World Service about uh, agricultural food systems and our health. So I'm going to do that. And then I'm flying back on the 25th. Well, so. that's amazing, Dr. Weiss. So, Congratulations. Geez, I hope it doesn't interfere with our show. Because oh, you're you're the third, uh, you would be the 15th, the 15th, I believe, is the third Friday. So it's before you go. Good. Okay. Nice, because it's so much fun spending time with you. I always love it. Well, thanks. And if you guys didn't get your question answered, we're really sorry. It's just, he's very popular. But if you live in New York or New Jersey, you can see him in person, you can see him virtually, and we do our best to get to every question, but it does help if you send it in in advance. So thanks, Dr. Weiss. Have a great weekend. And thanks all of Thank you. Thank you, for AJ. Watching. Yeah, of course. And thanks all of you for watching another episode of Chef AJ Live. Please come back tomorrow. Uh, our shows are going to be later for the next nine days. Tomorrow, we start the Truth About Weight Loss Summit. So we'll be broadcasting every day from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. If you haven't registered, there's a link in the show notes. It's absolutely free. So our shows will be airing at 3 p.m. for the next nine days. And tomorrow, all the way from India, is Dr. Nandita Shah. And she's going to be talking about everybody's favorite topic, which is weight loss. Thanks so much, everyone, for watching. And take care. Bye-bye.